the law will provide great benefits if you're willing to plan ahead. Don't call me up today and tell me you had an accident or something went wrong. That's crisis planning. Look up and say in five to 10 years, what if someone gets hurt at my home through no fault of my own, but they're litigious? How can I plan five to 10 years? If you have that long investment horizon, you have a lot of benefits available. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Andrew and Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. So I, I'm, I'm excited about this because um, we've gotten a lot of questions about LLCs, about what we should be doing with trust. And there's just, there's just a whole world that there's not a lot of people talking about. So what I would love is for you guys to give a quick backstory. And I'll, I'll be the first to say, I, I, it's not common for me to have two guests. We're all uh, on Zoom, so this will be interesting. Um, but I would love the quick backstory of like how you guys know each other, your company. And then I want to go right into the nuts and bolts. My audience wants better ways financially. They want better ways to keep their money, grow their money, do it in a, in a better way. And I remember hearing your guys' stories and learning some things myself, our first conversation. And I'm all about continuing to add value to my audience and the Better Wealth Nation. So thank you again for being on. And uh, a- Andrew, if you want to give a quick overview of, of your business and your relationship, and then we can, we can jump in. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we're at heart an estate planning law firm. We only focus on trust formations and business formations. We find it takes all of our time to stay up to date on that. We wouldn't be good at other types of law. And then Mark is my father. So he brought me on about four years ago. He was primarily a local estate planning business, but Wyoming had some real advantages to it. And I, I'm in marketing and build websites. And I said, okay, I can build a website. But then I looked at it and said, well, this is really interesting. That This could not only help people, but there's a great service there and it's very marketable. And we started running with the online side of it, which of course becomes a little different than your brick and mortar. You know, people find you online and you have to change your operations a little bit, but we've really enjoyed doing that and then commoditizing the legal services. So that way it's important to have an estate plan, but you shouldn't be overcharged. So if you can commoditize it and make people feel as if it's accessible to them, it ends up being a great product for everybody. Well, and I feel like, and this is what I'm really excited about having you guys on the show is I feel like there's so, there's a lack of information. Like I do, I specialize in, uh, our company is a lot of things, but we specialize in a special type of life insurance strategy. Mm-hmm. And you talk about misinformation. There's tons of misinformation sure. all, all across the internet. And so it's like, part of it is I feel like we need to give a proper overview and then create a system to be able to serve people. And so Mark, if you could give me like, big picture, like, well, let's say I, I don't know what an LLC is. I don't know what estate planning is. Let's, most of the people listening to this do, but get a big overview. And then why don't, you, we, why don't we go into what you guys specialize in? Because I think when it comes to liabilities and when it comes to like, even like, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this. Like, how do we set up our LLCs in a proper way to like, what is the proper way? And so I'm, I'm going to be a student. I got my notebook out um, and would love to hear an overview before we dive into the nuts and bolts. Great. Well, an estate plan is nothing more than the ability of you to transfer your assets down generationally once you pass away and to protect those assets from claims of creditors, failed marriages, and the government. And that's it in a nutshell. There's a couple different ways to do it. The first is a will. The will's been around since I think the 1500s. But in this generation, we finally realized that we can read, we can write, and we can pretty well take care of ourselves. So the idea of pleading a will into court and going through the probate process, having attorneys and judges do that for you is just not necessary. 
So we came up with about 23 years ago, the Uniform Trust Code. That trust code has been implemented in Wyoming as well as many, many other states right now that allows you to place your assets in a trust of some sort, revocable or irrevocable trust, that allows you to avoid having to go through probate to transfer your assets down to your children. Now, if you have a revocable trust, it doesn't protect you from creditors. If you have an irrevocable trust, it may protect yourself from creditors and allow you generationally protect your kids from creditors as well. So what Wyoming has done over say the course of the last 15 years is that they put in a series of irrevocable trusts that allow you to put your assets in trust for the benefit of you and your family, family and to maintain the anonymity of the holding of those assets and also to maintain those assets protected and protect those assets from claims by creditors, failed marriages and the government. So that is what this has gone through over the last 20 years. The Wyoming LLC statute, the first statute in the United States, was just introduced. I think it was in the 1980s, wasn't it, Drew? So 72, something like that? 72, I'm surprised. Anyway, they put the limited liability company into place, which essentially allows you to dictate what goes on within that organization and to protect those assets within that LLC. So you have trusts, you have LLCs, you have uh, statutes, and they're all put together to basically supply generational wealth and the protection of that wealth. So that's an estate plan. So, so I love it. So LLC is a, stands for Limited Liability Corporation, and it's essentially a shell to, to like, I, I have LLCs, and what it does is it's a pass-through entity. And so I still, I don't necessarily get a ton of great tax benefits, but it kind of creates this um, level of protection. And then what you're saying is you're adding, Wyoming has special laws as the state that's different than others. I would love for you to break that down. But then also there's something about a trust. And, and it's my understanding that revocable trust, you don't, like you said, you don't get all the benefits. An irrevocable trust, the, the negative thing about that potentially is that once you set it up, you can't change that. So would love to break down, did I get the LLC right? Like, is that a good idea of thinking about like, what are the benefits of an LLC and should like a solopreneur or someone that has an idea, like who needs to start up an LLC and what are like the hacks there? Sure. It's technically a limited liability company. There's limited liability companies and corporations, but not limited liability corporations. Um, but I would argue, yes, even if you're a solopreneur, you will never pay more in taxes. You mentioned the disregarded. So at worst it's tax neutral, but there are potential tax benefits. Um, you've got a certain professionalism to it if you have a company that you're representing rather than being an independent contractor, you know, filing a DBA. You also have asset protection concerns as well. Uh, if you're making candles, for example, on Etsy and people are burning your candles in their home, you might be sued if something goes wrong with that candle. Uh, you know, if you're selling t-shirts, maybe not. So you've got the liability protections. And also as well, it provides you privacy that you have in Wyoming. And privacy wasn't as big of a deal 15 or 20 years ago because if you want to know the owner of a company, I'd have to like fax in a request to Wyoming and then they'd mail it back to me and then it was like a dollar per page, right? Now if I want to know who the owner is, Wyoming Business Search, search the database and I can see if you put your home address because you weren't thinking who the owners are and all that info and you wouldn't put that on Facebook, I presume, your account numbers in your home, but you do it inadvertently uh, other times. So the LLC can give you a bit of privacy, which is... There's some people that, you know, they're really into privacy, but you might be a mom who works at home and you don't want your children's address to be passed out and you don't have an office. So you want the privacy. So 
I would argue almost everyone needs an LLC at the end of the day. There's a lot of benefits to it. And if done correctly and understood, it's not that much extra overhead. Uh, don't be afraid to jump in. And so yeah. what's the difference between creating an LLC in Wyoming versus in an, a different state? Well, it's easier to do it electronically. You also, in Wyoming, you have a statute that says a single member LLC has legal efficacy worse in a lot of states they do not provide for that. So if you're a single individual conducting your business and you establish an LLC, you're exempt from the liabilities of that LLC. So that's a significant benefit. The other thing about an LLC is that you can make it tax-wise anything that you want. You can tax it like a C corporation, an S corporation, a pass-through entity like a sole proprietorship or a partnership. That tax election is up to you. So you've got all the benefits of the limited liability company, which I think is much better than a corporation with all the tax malleability that can apply in the tax code that you have. So Wyoming has been at the forefront of limited liability companies since the beginning. We're the first state to have allowed the LLC. You have ways in which to manipulate, and I say legally manipulate. Yeah, manipulate's a bad word, by the way, but yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> We've got a scheme here, right? We're yeah. We created an LLC. Is that for tax avoidance? No, it's for tax compliance. Is it for is it for creditor avoidance? Yes, and we're allowed by law to do that. So that's our scheme. That's our manipulation. We've put our assets into an LLC, and it's up to the creditors to go through the proper channels to maintain their ability to collect inside that LLC. They can't come after you individually, absent fraud. Wyoming also has a closed limited liability company supplement, which allows small owners, you know, family owners, single member owners to rely on this closed limited liability supplement and essentially absent fraud or commingling of funds, they can't break through that LLC. It requires clear and convincing evidence here in Wyoming to allow you to pierce that corporate veil. So unless you're trying to defraud the government, trying to defraud creditors, trying to defraud the public, you're generally completely protected from the uh, ability of creditors to pierce through that uh, liability veil. And you don't have to hold annual meetings on the closed company. So it's unique to Wyoming. And they went, wait, if there's only one owner and you're holding a meeting, that sounds a lot like you talking to yourself and putting it down on paper. Or if it's a family business, you probably speak about business, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and Sunday. So why once a year do you have to get down and put that there? So they say, you know, failure to hold this meeting doesn't mean you can break through the corporate veil. Got it. Got innovations it. like that. Oh, and I'm just, this is also a question I have is you see, you hear a lot of um, like the Delaware is like a common mm -hmm. state to do LLCs. What is the difference between Delaware and, and Wyoming? And is there advantages to doing it in Delaware over Wyoming? You know, it's, it's, it's got more case law behind it than Wyoming does, but like Delaware doesn't recognize the efficacy of single member LLCs. At least it allows for more ability to pierce through that bail. It doesn't have the small company supplements. So you have to maintain all the corporate formalities that go with a corporation and it's expensive. When you file your tax form, it's based on your authorized capitalization coming forward. Wyoming is 50 bucks per year. Delaware is who knows? It depends on what your filing has been. And then Delaware, most small companies, Delaware is great if you're a Fortune 500 company who needs a large body of knowledge to the Chancery Court and then you want equitable debtor-creditor relations. If you're a small company, these things don't matter to you. You will see the higher fees. And then you'll look up and go, I want a little bit more protection as an owner. Uh, whereas in corporate governance or when you're raising equity, they'll generally force you there. So what we've seen is even if people are raising money in Delaware, they'll hold their shares of a Delaware company or their interest in a Delaware company through their own Wyoming holding company Got for it. the additional protection. So you can start layering and 
make it as complex as you want. And one of the things that you guys do in your company is you guys help people, entrepreneurs, investors set up their entities, LLCs in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Yes. We do. Okay. So let's let's talk about let's talk about trust. I know enough to be dangerous, um, and I know that there's some people, especially like big time wealthy people, that actually own a lot of companies with a special type of trust set up and run a lot of their business and money through trust. I don't know if that's what you guys are talking about. I'm wondering how this trust gets put in or factored into the strategy. But I feel like we did a really good job covering uh, why Wyoming, why LLC. Now we'd love to talk about trust. Um, what about that? And what are some of the strategies that you guys are using? And this is where, this is where if you're listening, by the way, and you really want to create wealth and keep it, take notes because the person that understands how trust work, um, I, I, I think it's, it's a fact that um, trusts are an amazing, amazing entity to build, keep wealth, and uh, to pass it on. All right, I can address that. In Wyoming, you have what they call domestic asset protection trusts. What it allows you to do as an individual is to contribute money to a trust with yourself and your family as a beneficiary. That's a statutory allowance. Under the common law, you could not create a trust for the benefit of yourself. So you have to have something in the statute that allows you to do that. As of my last reading, there were 17 states that allowed that to happen. Wyoming has some very significant advantages. Number one, you're allowed to have a trust company that manages that trust. The trust company can be established in Wyoming. It's a single family private trust company. It's called the Wyoming Cocktail. You establish the trust. You then establish the private trust company. You become the manager of the private trust company. You register it with the Secretary of State. You register it with our banking commission, but you're exempt from regulation. So you're a registered entity. You rent an office from us, 1200 bucks a year, and you're a domicile in Wyoming, which domiciles your trust in Wyoming. That means any taxes that accrue to the private trust company or the trust itself, if you leave them in the trust, are taxed at Wyoming income tax rates, which is zero. We have no income tax. It's 50 bucks a year to file the PTC. That's the the state fee for that. So at the end of the day, you maintain full and complete control of that trust and the investments of the trust and all the assets under the trust through your private trust company. That's a significant advantage. You're allowed to be the investment advisor. You're allowed to be the distribution advisor. You can tax it directly to yourself or you can tax it to the <laughs> distributions coming out. To provide context, though, it's referred to as a DAPT. This means a domestic asset protection trust. And this is to be contrasted with offshore trusts. So historically, these arrangements were only available offshore. And it led to a lot of issues. It, I, I lived in the Caribbean and did business there. There's certainly many reputable providers, but there are many that aren't reputable. If you move your money offshore and it goes missing, you probably won't find it. If you yeah. move your money in the U.S., you have the benefit of U.S. law. And what these states noticed was people were going to the Bahamas, the Cook Islands, and everywhere else. So if we could begin to model our laws on the offshore laws with the added benefit of being in the U.S., now you have a domestic asset protection trust. So if you're 10, 20, 30 million, you could look offshore. But before that, you're looking at a DAPT or at least to begin a revocable trust uh, just for avoiding probate privacy. Yeah. And I, and so have you guys seen the Netflix movie on like, is it like, um, laundry mat or something where they, yeah, I saw that one. It's, it's, it's opening. It's actually pretty well done. Um, and it's, but it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And, and the reality is this, the wealthy know certain rules and, and there's a difference between 10, the 1040 system and the 1041 system. Trusts are taxed at it. Just, they have different laws that are even, 
you know, and I'm not an expert as, it, as you guys can hear, but I know enough to be dangerous. So here's your big picture. Let me like, yeah, just real quick. Um, the law will provide great benefits if you're willing to plan ahead. Don't yep. call me up today and tell me you had an accident or something went wrong. That's crisis planning. Look up and say in five to 10 years, what if someone gets hurt at my home no, through no fault of my own, but they're litigious? How can I plan five to 10 years? If you have that long investment horizon, you have a lot of benefits available to you. Okay, yes. I love that. And it's, it's 100% true. And it's also a Rockefeller quote, I believe, that, say, that says, own nothing, control everything. And I believe if you set this up properly, you, you, you get yourself in that, in that quote by controlling your assets, but not having ownership. And when you give up ownership, you then eliminate liability and, and sometimes taxation. And so I just, I want to really break this down because Mark, you did a good job explaining that. Do you want to say something before? The Rockefeller quote, because it's, it's, it's dead solid. Here's what it is. In Wyoming, you have a statute that says if you have a beneficial interest in an asset protection trust and the distributions out of it are completely discretionary by the trustee, and you, of course, control the trustee, you do not have a property interest. In other words, you own nothing. And then there's a case that came out of the Supreme Court back in, in May, 9-0, Gorsuch writing the opinion, that said it was the, the state of North Carolina versus Case now, North Carolina Department of Revenue, that said until you have a distribution out of the trust, the government has nothing to touch and to tax. So that's because basically they'd set up a trust in a different state in North Carolina went, no, what's going on? We'd like to be involved. And they went, just because they live in North Carolina doesn't mean you get to be involved. And it's interesting because the Supreme Court decision was nine to zero. There was no liberal or conservative bent. They just went, this is how the law works. And it's based on contract law that's 300 years old. It's clear. So I don't want to get into a ton of details on the show, but I would like to talk to you about myself off, off like line. But I actually have two trust and a foundation part of my financial okay. strategy. And it's my understanding, and this is where I'm, I'm going to be very careful on here because I don't want to get myself in trouble, you guys in trouble. But it's if you, if you set up an irrevocable trust, something else has to set that up and you can become the trustee. You control that trust. You don't own it. You control it. And then your LLC, do, does the LLC partner with that trust? Like, is it a partnership? Is that how you guys set them up? You could do it that way. You could have an LLC in the trust. And then what you can do as well is, so I've got an LLC in the trust, an LLC that I own, and I'm going into a new business deal. I could do half through the trust, half through me. And then I can change the composition of the income in a way that might be more beneficial or, you know, wrap up an IP asset or something that's going to go over here and it'll explode in value later on. Yep. You can get creative in that and, way. And it's and my understanding as well. So it's my understanding that trust can own homes. It can own other assets. Is that correct? Yes. Thank you. That's the exciting part is that LLC, there has to be a legitimate business purpose to the asset or you don't have protection. A trust does not have that limitation. You can put your home, put those things. in. I'm just going because I, I know enough to be dangerous here. So your trust can own things. And then it's my understanding that if you, if there's a difference between an expense and an expenditure and your trust can have an expenditure, meaning if they own a house, it could have a mortgage payment associated to that and other things. And that money can get paid and, and is quote unquote deducted from any taxes out there. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Mark's the okay. CPA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't. And again, I'm not, I, we should, I should probably have something like no one will be liable. I don't, this is not tax sure. advice. Don't do this without talking to a professional. But, but the reality is this, sure. do you guys, so I know that it's taxable 
when you distribute it for income, and it sounds like it's at, at you would get the benefits of Wyoming's state, but you still have to pay federal tax if you distribute the income to yourself, correct? Well, if but you distribute the income to yourself every year, you have to pay the federal tax at your level, and then you also have to pay the state tax at your level. See, that's the thing is that if you accumulate it within the trust, the trust pays the tax, but the state doesn't pay the tax because Wyoming has no state tax. And then when the trust distributes money that it's already paid tax on, there's no double taxation like a corporation. So that money comes out to you and then you have that, you never pay state tax on. Okay, and what's, what's the trust tax, tax rate? Well, the max tax on a trust comes in at 12,500. And that's the differential because as an individual it's what 250 and as a couple it's 450 now. So there's a real disparity in the tax rate. So you'll find a lot of entrepreneurs coming in saying, look, if I've got a significant capital gain coming down the pipe, let's say four or five million, I know that my tax rate within that trust avoiding California tax at 11% is gonna save me a tremendous amount more than the differential between the 12.5 max tax at the trust level and my maximum tax rate. So that's what you have to weigh and measure. And that's something you have to do with your, with your accountant every year to determine if you have an irrevocable non-grantor trust. And you can toggle year to year. So that taxation status. So there's a couple benefits of having a trust. You can, obviously if the trust owns an asset, it's like you can obviously, more things quote unquote can be deducted. It's not considered a deduction, it's considered expenditure. So that's one strategy. But then the other thing is, can you keep money in corpus and avoid paying taxes or do you have to pay taxes every year if your money's in a trust? You, you have to pay every year. The question is whether you pay it at the trust level or the individual level. Okay, okay. Um, Super, super fascinating. This is this has been uh, very interesting so far. What what other things would you guys like to add as it relates to big picture? And obviously, this we're just scratching the surface, but definitely, there's definitely a lot of cool strategies as it relates to using trust, using businesses, using the state of Wyoming. And I think you guys are just a good example of like if you know the rules to the game, you can really rig them for your set. Like it's not a bad thing too. Like this is all legal. Like you said, the Supreme Court nine zero. It's nonpartisan. Um, it's just really, it's like, take a step back. And that's what our whole company is about. Like understand the rules of the game and like it will pay dividends, no pun intended in the long run. Yeah. I've got the, the thing I'd say is we focused here a lot on financial considerations because those are important. They're how you take care of your family and everything else, but there's the emotional component to the estate planning as well. Making sure your end of life wishes are respected not making your family, don't tell them your end of life wishes and then they have to struggle through it through an already more difficult time. And we always joke, it shouldn't even be the parents that pay for the trusts. It keeps the children from fighting because the parents' intentions were made clear. Here's who gets what, here's how it's managed. And there, there's no potential to argue it in court or contested will or any of that. And you know, uh, was it good fences make good neighbors. Uh, <laughs> so there's that part of it too, where it's a trying time, but it makes your life easier and then provides you with financial stability too. So it's those two parts. It's like good, good trusts make great grandchildren. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Um, exactly. Another, another question. I, this is random. I'm, I have a down payment on a plane. It's kind of a long story. It's, it's like the, the new Tesla of the airplanes, um, the okay. Raptor aircraft. And so I, I don't know if I'll, I don't even know if this thing will be for real, but I think it, I, I'm having high hopes. I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, let's say I do get a plane in like three years. What's a good strategy? Like, should that, should an LLC own that? Should it be a part of a trust? Should it have a, because it's my understanding that you wouldn't want to put something like that in a trust, a standalone, 
because you could bring liability to every other asset that's owned by that trust. Yep. And they have aviation trusts. I'll let the attorney speak after this, but I always joke, trust law is extremely flexible. There's a trust for every situation uh, because it's a handwritten contract. So the attorney can write it, but I'll let Mark speak about the airplanes. Wyoming has a particular animal called a statutory trust. And it is, it has been developed most specifically for high risk assets, such as aviation airplanes, that sort of thing. The alternative is you can put it into an LLC. So the LLC would have a liability isolated within it, or the trust would have a liability, whatever you prefer to do. But I know that a lot of the major airlines use the statutory trust to buy, buy airplane, to go out, buy the, buy the airplane, to provide the financing for the airplane, and then lease it to the uh, airline for use. So the answer is, you, you know, what could go wrong with an airplane? That's what I'm trying to tell my mom, and she's not. Uh, she doesn't understand. Um, what about real estate? Do you guys recommend a new LLC for each real estate property? Yes, I mean series LLCs. Uh, not the series, unless there's series legislation in that state. You're running into practical and legal difficulties. That yeah, you know, the metaphor is the people who settled the West got rich, but a few of them had arrows in their back. So I'd say don't do a series unless you're really comfortable with it. Otherwise, every property should have its own LLC. You could argue this property has no equity, but does it have cash flow? Because a creditor might care that it has cash flow. And then you could say, okay, I'm going to do five properties at once. There's no equity. There's no cash flow. But five years down the line, when you want to sell the property, and now you've got transfer taxes and other issues. And then we, we spoke to somebody where he went through and he formed an LLC, but he put 30 homes into one LLC and owned nothing in his personal name. So he didn't even need the corporate bail because all of his assets were in the LLC that would be sued. So you yeah, really want to yeah, it defeats it the and- purpose. It's like, yeah, you're broke, by the way. Your LLC's got all the money, so we're not going to go after you. We're going to, yeah, I get it, yep. man. That's interesting. And, um, and so you'll do the different LLCs. You have a holding company at the top, but don't get afraid by the filings because there's single member LLCs disregarded. It's called a consolidated filing at the top. You'll save money on taxes putting it through a parent. Uh, because you've got fewer filings with your accountant. So, yeah. And I think that's the, I, I got a buddy, I, he will remain nameless, but it's like, he's got like 40 some bank accounts and like, it's a disaster. And I think, I think the one, when we think of an LLC for every property or investment, you don't like, have to all have a bank account at that level. There are strategies that don't right. necessitate that. Right. So. Cause you guys might be able to help them sell it up, but uh, they're going to be paying a lot of money to their accountant. And it's, a, so yeah, there's, there's, there's ways. And I, I, I want to scratch the surface on this. And I think it's like, it's very much, it's exciting to talk about like how to create your own fund how to invest, how to really think like an entrepreneur, becoming your greatest asset. All that stuff is great, but the people like you that are helping people protect, keep more of their money, be really thoughtful, you know, great trust, make great grandchildren. Like I, I might coin that phrase. Like there's some really cool things that you guys are doing and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Any, any like final thoughts? Then I want to switch and ask you a question that I ask all, all of our guests before we end. But any, any final thing that you want to talk about Wyoming, LLCs, trust, or maybe another hack that, that w- wasn't mentioned so far? I'll follow up to what Drew's presentation was, if you don't mind, Drew. But uh, to give macroeconomic development that's occurring within Wyoming society, within the United States these days, within Europe these days, is that at, at, a, at an operational level, a small business, we're getting more and more into the European form of family-owned businesses that over time bring in professional management. And the idea is how do you construct that? 
And what I see with most of my clients are getting in that three, four, five million dollar range, wanting to break into 10, 15, 20. They put these things together to isolate their estate taxes away from themselves, minimize their estate taxes, because that's what bankrupts you at the end of the day. And we have an abnormally high deduction rate for estate taxes right now. Will that come down? You tell me. We've just managed to double our debt. It went from, I don't know how many trillions to how many trillions more. They're going to have to collect that money somehow. So you can isolate that from you, provide for transitional, transitional aspects to your estate plan, avoid the acrimony within the family, minimize taxes, and get professional management. What else are you going to use? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a massive transfer of wealth. I, people think I may sound crazy, but the government will come after our money. It's 26.5 or higher when you're listening to this. Like, it's, it's disgusting. And, and I love actually protecting our hard-earned money um, from it being stolen. So, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our clients are first-time business owners. You know, you speak to them. You, I just think there's a certain vilification of the wealthy that goes on. But almost everyone I speak to is just salted the earth, woke up every day, tried hard and wants to plan ahead. And if they did something wrong, they'll own up to it. But it doesn't help. We're also a litigious society, too. Uh, so, you know, you tend to get sued more than you would otherwise in other places. So you kind of have to protect yourself. Uh, quick aside, I was in the Caribbean and I went in and I was trying to do a water sports place. I'm going through insurance and the insurance agent's like, yeah, but you don't need insurance. I'm like, yeah, but what if someone does this or that? And she goes, sounds like that would be their fault. I'm like, well, I agree with that. But and she goes, yeah, but in St. Martin, you can't really sue for that. I was like, oh, I don't need an obscene amount of insurance or as much structure. I was like, okay, that's interesting. But here we do have that, so you do need to protect yourself. Yeah, don't we wish people were rational? Yeah. So the question that I would like both of you to answer, and I think it's cool, father son, is I, I end all my shows with this idea of legacy. Uh, and and Mark, starting with you, if this was your last day on earth, and you had the people that you love the most, your family, people that mean the most to you, what would you share with them through the, your last conversation? out of all the things that you learned, what would be the most important thing for you to pass on? Well, you know, I, I don't mean to be flippant, but you know, it's the personal time that you spend with your family. And that's the thing that's gonna give you at the end of your life the most happiness. And it's your social relationship with your friends, your friends and your family. You know, and, and this stuff about pl planning for estates, that's done. My kids don't have to worry about that. They're not gonna have any acrimony going down the line. They're gonna be able to look at me and say, you know, we got a good transition, we've got money behind us. Dad provided for us. You know, he did what he needed to do. So that's that's what I leave people with, is you should do this planning in advance and leave all that off the table for your kids to do. And Andrew, what would you say? I would concur with the part about the time. Uh, you know, I, I lived overseas and I moved around a lot and it was a great 10 or 15 years. But then I came back and went, holy crap, not only am I 10 or 15 years older, but my parents are as well. You know, in my mind, they're 40 and I'm like 18. And now that's just no longer the case. And so, I mean, everyone's in good health and everything, but you go, we only have so much time together. Uh, so I would agree with that. And uh, if you have quality time, that's what you'll remember at the end of your life. Yep. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is the value of your life is always measured by how much of it was given away. No one's, no one's going to care about this podcast or about how smart you were or how many degrees you had. They're going to, they're going to remember the quality time that you had that you got to spend with each other. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I see you guys living that out really well. And, and so thank you for that. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Also, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'll uh, put the links below and also put it in the description on, on the podcast. But how can people reach out, learn more? Obviously, 
Um, this is getting people's antennas <laughs> should be why, like sure. really, really interesting. And so how can people reach out? Reach out uh, wyomingllcattorney.com. We have a contact form at the bottom, an email address, and a phone number at the very top. We have almost 200 pages of content and a blog. And then we've got a number of PDFs as well that we can provide. If you reach out to the email or call in, we can dump those on you too. Uh, but we reach out. We're always here and we're happy to help. Hey guys, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to learning more. And as we're trying to rise a tide and with education, helping people keep more of their money, know that they are their greatest asset and really impact more people. Cause I'm a firm believer that businesses and investors will be, um, make the true change in this country. And so I love what you guys are doing. And I, again, thank you so much for coming on my show. Hi, you're welcome. Thank my you. Pleasure. For- Enjoy your day, gentlemen. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.